Hello, fantasy fans, and welcome to Swords and Satire, the podcast where we turn low fantasy into high art. I'm your dungeon manager, Jamie Mulkel, here with my eternal co-hosts. Yes, I'm Chelsea Hollowell, an ancient witch turned vampire turned queen of the damned. It's complicated. That sounds complicated. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds... Well, that sounds like a time. I'm Jack Olander, your local square that wound up in a vampire bar somehow. I feel very out of place. I want to go home. I, I asked for water, and this is clearly blood. I know. They just don't serve water, and you'd think that, like, because it's a club that humans go to to be vampire food, that they'd have water. But nah. Like, I'll drink it, because, you know, everyone's doing it. <laughs> it tastes you know. oddly like tomato juice. <laughs> no. Weird. It, that's, that's vegan blood. <laughs> yeah. And no, I can get behind that. <laughs> and speaking of vegan blood, we have a returning guest with us here this week, our friend Casey. I should clarify, I am not really vegan. I'm like a faux, shitty vegan. <laughs> eh, close enough. Vegan's in the title. The question I, is, d does your blood taste like V8? <laughs> honestly, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's close enough. Uh, <laughs> you have the best of both worlds being a faux vegan because you can claim ownership until it suits you not to <laughs> <laughs> it's the best of both worlds yeah well guys so this week we are going to do our traditional post movie discussion for the film we watched last week which was the queen of the damned and we're going to be doing a rewriting history episode this week uh, which you are listening to right now, if you are listening to this, <laughs> where we will discuss our ideas for a sequel, a reboot, or a spinoff for The Queen of the Damned. But first, Chelsea has some important key takeaways from the movie that you should remember before our discussion. That's right. And, you know, anybody can just, like, chime in here if they have something they remember that they think listeners ought to have in mind while we do our rewrite. Ooh, hold so, on. I remember uh, the guy from Corn did all the music. There you go. That's number one. Number two, Lestat is a vampire and he's a big asshole and a uh, narcissist. <laughs> just like most rock and roll fretmen. Sorry, just, just saying what everybody knows. Yeah. Uh, another key takeaway is uh, Maharet is a really important vampire and she's basically the mother of all humans or the great family take your pick one you, of those you wouldn't know that by watching the movie though no i, I read the synopsis on wikipedia <laughs> uh let's see oh another key takeaway akasha is a badass and wants to rule the world but you know other people have like a bone to pick with her about that one it's mostly because she burns everybody alive. Right. She's the queen of the damned, and she's queen. Not yeah. the band, but in stature. Like, queen. Akasha is queen? <laughs> yes. No, Yas. Yas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? Mm. It's oh. sad being alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's Basically, probably the most... Basically, the plot of the movie, or no, not the plot. It's basically the premise of the movie. It's pretty much the most important thing to remember in all films. <laughs> <laughs> and something we're all learning IRL. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Too soon. That <laughs> reminds me, we are recording this episode uh, before the election, uh, so we have no idea what horrible chaos has befallen the world since recording this but we assume it will be released on saturday uh even if you know uh we've all been taken into the black void you know maybe it could be your soundtrack to the apocalypse it might be kind of fun 
Maybe this is being picked up by aliens circling our planet and trying to figure out what went wrong with this backwater planet. <laughs> like Maybe Akasha had the right idea. Yeah. Seriously, just, just burn them all. Just burn them all. <laughs> I'm so just... No, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. I'm so just imagining someone in the apocalypse hiding from aliens with earbuds in <laughs> listening to this episode and being yes. like, man, I wish vampires were destroying the world instead of aliens. That would so have been so cool. Remember so much corn? more fun. <laughs> uh, I think that's a perfect segue into the rewriting history section then. <laughs> I think so. So my my idea for rewriting history is uh, podcast listeners are hearing this show about the Queen of the Damned uh, while aliens are attacking. <laughs> okay, let's run with it. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, on rewriting history, what we always do is we look at ways that the movie could have been better, different, more good. Take your pick. <laughs> more good. Better. Or more good. <laughs> One of these options. Less or less bad. Right. Or so we can explore or all of these options. <laughs> so this movie didn't get very high ratings from us, so I'm assuming we're gonna try to make it better. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but the jury's yeah. out on whether or not we will be able to. Let's find out. So who's got an idea for ways that we can improve the Queen of the Damned? Well, let's see. First, are we doing like a full reboot? I felt like... Or a spinoff or what do we want to I do? felt like a rewrite, like kind of yeah. a reboot, okay. rewrite thing. I thought maybe we would cast some modern actors to take on the parts and uh, just kind of like fix fine-tune some of the scenes and, right. and ideas yeah, yeah, yeah. that are played out. Maybe help the themes find life that might have been missed in the unlife of this film. Right. I feel like I would actually prefer a movie that has nothing to do with Lestat and everything to do with... What was her name? Mer... Mer Maharet. Maharet, Maharet. yeah. Everything to do with Maharet and then, her family and lineage, because that was hell like, yeah. we didn't know about that story really until the very end. They kind of just like shoehorn in the most interesting like character or I don't know, like the most interesting character background um, that she's like basically... She became a vampire after she had already given birth to a human baby. Right. And her yeah. human baby went on to have other human babies. And she yeah. was a vampire who just, like, watched over all of the children of her children, of her children, of her children, you know, so on and so forth. And so basically she has, like, this ancestral lineage that she's been watching over for, like, thousands of years or something. And I'm I like, I that is so fucking cool. Yeah. I think the movie you would prefer is called The Book, The Queen of the Damned, because it yeah. feels like the book covers a lot more about Maharet and her twin sister, Makar, or Makare, I'm not sure. Probably Makare. Well, I'm thinking, right? Yeah. At least at the beginning of our version of the film, if not for a huge portion, we get to see Maharet, right? Back in the day, is uh back in the days of ancient Egypt. Where the Queen of the Damned and the King of the Damned, they're vampires ruling over ancient Egypt. Enkil was the king's name. Oh, yeah. That's a great name. Yeah. I really want it to just start off with, like, the hot topic, new metal look, fashion, <laughs> but, like, in ancient Egyptian style. So they have, like, the trip pants, like you guys were saying, but <laughs> oh, with, like, lapis yeah. and stuff. Hell dude so okay. you're like reverse you're doing the reverse of uh romeo plus juliet oh nice i like it <laughs> mm -hmm. i'm imagining like uh the egyptian warrior guards wearing like pleather skirts yes. like yes. kilt like kilt or like long style like hot topic kilts like yeah. i used to wear oh hell yeah that's great with like the panels like mesh and pleather panels yeah, i was just thinking mesh shirts you need the mesh the, shirts. the big rings like the big um 
grommet grommet rings, the yeah. big open metal rings just throughout. Like their armor, but they're really not. I think I would like to see this happen as a transformation as part of becoming a vampire. So after everybody becomes a vampire, they start to get more and more goth and their clothes look more like a like you're talking about the merging between the ancient and modern types of clothes. But their eyeliner stays exactly the same throughout. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I want it to just imply that goth outfit is just, like, an inevitability of the undead. Like, it, you're always gonna go back to that look. I mean, not gonna lie, like, unavoidable. this idea makes the cross-promotion with Hot Topic just built in, so I love it. <laughs> yeah. And they're still a thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I so just want there to be a scene where they're like playing the ancient Egyptian instruments and people are like trying to headbang along <laughs> to it but the queen is like it just doesn't rock enough I don't know what it's missing and they've been searching for this for thousands of years <laughs> yeah exactly that's yes. why she's eventually into Lestat she's like this is what it was missing <laughs> this is the music that I needed so this is like the Queen's Court. It's like meme culture. And Maharet and her sister Makare are the real witches. They In the book, they can speak to spirits. And they were they lived contemporaneously with Akasha and Enkiel. And uh, they were all humans at one point. So I, I mean, think, that makes I, sense. I Weren't agree. most vampires humans at one point? <laughs> I get uh, in some mythologies no, but in this one yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know. Uh, I, I'm assuming this wasn't like vampires who have to like ask to come into a door or something. So I, I know that Anne Rice has got her whole thing. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I forget what. Oh, so I was just gonna say I agree with you guys. I think we have to follow the story of these twin sister witches. I think that's so much better. And I love just merging it with the aesthetic and like even having them speaking in more modern speech would be great too. It'll be a real Scorpion King scenario. (laughs) Yes. That would be fun. I mean, I think also it might be really interesting because they want to talk about loneliness and they want to talk about like how it can feel like, you know, when you, when you live forever, how isolating and lonely it could be. Uh, Maybe they could explore that with like, you know, Maharet and how, like, yeah. you know, years and years she's been watching over family members and watching them die. And it it must it must be really painful. You know, she loves and cares for them. But it, at the end of it, they're gone. And so she she has like, you know, centuries of loss under her belt that she struggles with. And yet she continues on. She continues to care for the, her family because these people matter to her, even though she knows that, like, the pain of losing someone is inevitable when they're mortal. Um, and so it would be really great to have, like, Lestat doing his, like, hissy fit stuff of, like, I don't want to be lonely anymore. I'm going to make a rock band and then, like, out all the vampires. And she'll be like, dude, I've literally watched, like, thousands of my family members die uh, if you think you can't handle loneliness, like, you're being a baby. You've been a vampire for, what, like, 200 years? Yeah. Wah. Seriously, yeah, grow up. <laughs> she she <laughs> is thousands of years old. Yeah. yeah, like, if she was just like, seriously, you're a baby. Wah, I don't care. And, like, dunks <laughs> on him, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. And this way we can weave in other cool powers because she and her sister can speak to spirits in the book, so we could bring oh. that in. Oh, wow, nice. So maybe maybe she actually can, like, always be in touch with her family. <laughs> I mean, that's how the vampire started, was a spirit that came to them at, uh, named Amel, and he was, like, this malicious spirit with this insatiable appetite, and they refused to work with him, but after... Uh, Enkil and Akasha did them dirty and burned down their whole village and everything. Uh, they sent Amel after the king and queen to torment them, and he eventually merged with Akasha's soul, and she turned into a vampire. From oh that. wow! 
So we like can leave, you do. we could leave that in as part of like the backstory in our in our movie, I think. Yeah. All of this is so much more interesting than the fucking movie we would have just watched. <laughs> I just don't understand. Like it's that's true. so cool. Like and this idea of like this basically the uh, well were the king and queen like evil king and queen to begin with? Oh yeah, they like burned down Maharet and Makare's village. They abducted them and imprisoned them to learn their try to like force them to teach them their powers. They, yeah, they were no good. They it tortured them and it was all crazy. They wow. were no good. They yeah. were bad. Wow. <laughs> accurate. Yeah. yeah, so that would be great. You know, like Lestat's like, yo, I'm gonna raise the queen of the dam because she agrees with me and 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 Ma oh my god, I've already forgotten her name again. Maharet. Maharet. Like Macarena? I don't know. I it's hard because her name's Maharet and her twin sister's name is Makare. So I it's know. like, come on, guys. Yeah, I'm never gonna get these straight. Uh Maharet. Together yeah. they're M and M. Yeah. Yeah. Um, delicious. Uh, <laughs> is this an ad? Uh, <laughs> uh, if, um, <laughs> I mean, if we can get the sponsorship, then yes, it is. It can be. <laughs> um, Just send us white chocolate, please. <laughs> mm, mm. AKA butter, solidified butter. Sounds <laughs> fine to me. Can we just get a stick of M&M brand butter? That'd be so sick. Um, it sounds I'll delicious. Eat it on stream. If we get the sponsor, yeah, send it over. We'll stream Jack just chomping down on this stick of butter, M and M brand butter only. <laughs> uh, so what yeah, were you I, trying to say? <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like it would be cool to do something with Maharet. Uh, basically, is a vampire and she's been watching over her family, and yeah. then uh, you know Lestat, who's like kind of like a young a, a young vampire for all intents and purposes yeah. um, comes in and he's like I'm bored I'm lonely blah. and he's just trying to kick shit up because he's basically being a petulant baby and he's, he's like he's way more whiny overtly in our version yeah yeah so that people hate his character I, I love that we're not like improving the character we're no. just like making him so much worse and he's like he's like i want to raise all the vampires from the dead and look i have the queen she agrees with me and the queen's like yeah yeah i agree with you yeah let's do this and uh, it's basically what happens in the film except there's like a lot more backstory where he finds out that she like just kills everybody and tortures everybody and then we also get more of Maharet's background and Maharet's like yeah no dude like just because she's a vampire doesn't mean she's on your side and I don't you just you just want somebody to go to the clubs with you for all eternity like she <laughs> wants to kill everyone you are not on the same page and this would give the audience a real sense of the gravity of the situation like why it's bad that she's coming back <laughs> Yeah. I think it would also I think it would also help like if you really view Lestat as being a child because he is being a child. He's a child with the power to summon something that is so beyond his control. And it's interesting because he acts like um oh my god, what's her name? Red-haired, a doe-eyed Jesse. Jesse. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> who we haven't mentioned at all, I think, even in our recap of yeah. this movie, which She's is yeah. funny. a non-person. She's a non so a non-person. But he acts like, oh, you don't know anything. You don't know what it's like to be a vampire. And it's like, you don't know anything. You're almost as immature as she is. You both are like little fucking teenage babies. <laughs> I so want there to be a scene where Maharet is like, Lestat. You have to be careful. The queen of the damned. She's e she's evil. And Lestat is it's just right like in rubbing. Her name. Yeah, he's just like rubbing his face and like shirtless chest. And he's like, I know. <laughs> but she reminds me of the torture in my soul. She chose me, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he just starts singing, and you hear, like, all the instruments in the background of, like, the metal, and then it cuts to her perspective, and there's no instruments in the background. He's just singing and, like, <laughs> dancing where there's no camera. 
That's great. She's just that, like, oh god, he's insane. That does feel kind of like Lestat. So who are we going to get to play Lestat? And then follow up question: Who are we going to have? Because we we could get somebody who could sing to play him, but I don't want to do that. I want to have another musician do the singing, just like <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> I kind of want to get another musician to do the singing when it's showing his perspective, and then when it cuts to someone else viewing him singing, it isn't. As good. Yes. I've okay, got it. a little filmmaking trick. <laughs> I love that. I've got it. Okay. The perfect whiny immature fuckboy, Timothy Chalamet. Who's that? Oh my gosh. He's like you have to kind of, you I feel like you have to look him up. Um okay. hold on. Tip I have to look him up as well, just so I can tell you what he's in, but I've seen he's in Ladybird and he's also in Little oh. Women. He's quite young, but he okay. basically went to like. Um, I've seen him. Yeah, yeah, I used his picture for my character in um, Kids on Bikes. Yeah. Oh, it's him. So yes. he's he's kind of like this like little shit, and he went. Yeah. I, forget, I forget what school he went to, but there's like this rumor that he gave like everybody at his school an STD. He had like chlamydia, and he gave everybody chlamydia. He's just like. Oh my, oh my god. Oh, he fucks. Hell and yeah. <laughs> he definitely has the modern Lestat look. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And his character in Ladybird is like he plays this like bad boy who like doesn't give a shit about anything and she's so into him. She thinks he's super hot and they like hook up and he just like <laughs> does not give a fuck about her and she's like clearly like, oh my god, we're together! And he does not care. And he pretty much is, like, super unemotional and, like, bounces. And so he's, he's perfect for the role. He's perfect for the role! That's what I'm getting yeah. at. That's he amazing. basically plays Lestat in Ladybird. <laughs> Alright, Tim, we'll give us a call and we'll get you cast in this thing. <laughs> so who's gonna be his voice double? I don't like I'm trying I've I've been trying to beat my head up against the wall figuring out what the modern musical equivalent of corn is unless we're just going to get Jonathan Davis to come back and think, redo the songs. I think you have to get Jonathan Davis to come back. First off, no one has a voice like Jonathan Davis. Secondly, corn is having a revival right now. The wow. timing is good. The, the timing, timing is, is very amazing. good. Amazing. Crazy. It was meant to be. This is perfect. Yeah, I mean, I, I was really trying to figure out who it would be, and I just kept coming back to John. I couldn't I couldn't think of anybody else. I love Jack's idea, too, that <laughs> in his head, Lestat sounds really great. <laughs> <laughs> and in his imagination, we get to see that, and then it pans over to the other person, and they hear him, and he's just writhing there awkwardly <laughs> and singing off key. <laughs> it adds a really interesting layer of like unreliable narration to the film. Yeah. I like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where, like, he is popular not because he's good, but because of his vampiric powers. Right. Mm-hmm. And his manager, his, like, show manager Roger. carries around. Yeah, Roger. The real hero of the original film. Exactly. He carries, like, a briefcase of extra t-shirts or, like, button-ups because Lestat is constantly tearing them <laughs> in emotion. <laughs> <laughs> like, multiple within the span of a single conversation. <laughs> and Roger just keeps passing him new ones. Do you want to just keep your shirt off for now, Lestat? No! The shirt covers up the ache in my heart. <laughs> my scars, they're showing. Lestat, you don't have scars. You're a vampire. <laughs> they're emotional scars. So is he going to just be an emo douchebag baby boy? I mean, what do you mean, is he shirt. going to be that? That's what yeah, he always was. That is him. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Maharet and her sister need to be cast as like actual Egyptian women. Yes. I don't know yes. Yes. what that actress was, but <laughs> she definitely didn't look Egyptian from the era that Egypt was like from No. Well, the yeah. the troubling reality is that uh, in the books they are red-haired and green-eyed, so also probably not actually Egyptian. Mm. I think it would look really cool if they got 
like an ethnically Egyptian person and gave them red hair and green eyes for the role. That that'd be kind of like well, a supernatural look. Egyptians used to dye their hair, so they it could be dyed. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I'm googling <laughs> Egyptian actresses because I don't know any. Yeah, I actually mm. I'm trying to look here. I'm getting a lot of women from the 40s, which isn't really that helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless they're vampires. True. Also, modern day Egypt ethnically is really different from ancient Egypt e ethnically. So sure, it's yeah, right. true. There were um, a lot of Nubians that intermarried with Egyptian people, and so there were there was a lot of diversity there with that. So, so yeah, I, heritage, oh, stuff like that. I was looking this up. Um, I, I thought I remembered that the voice actor who played uh, Kamala Khan in the new Avengers game is e Egyptian American, and she is. Sandra Sayad is an Egyptian American. I, she's a voice actor. I don't know if she does film roles, but I mean, she's got a good look for Maharet. I think. Yeah, I think so. Cool. Yeah, I think it would be pretty neat. If the final fight in the film was, instead of, like, Marshall, it was, like, a battle of the bands. Oh, <laughs> like Scott Pilgrim style? Nice. Kinda, yeah, that's that was the first thing that came to mind. Or at least it's, like, them sizing each other up before the final fight, at least. Where there's, like, the whole new metal of Lestat and the Queen of the Damned doing, like, a crazy ancient Egyptian scale on, like, a modern electric guitar. <laughs> stuff like that they're just doing their thing oh i love it that that would be really cool they yeah have like a a rock band showdown yeah and then i was imagining maharet <laughs> does like a cool like stylistic fusion from the thousands of years she's been alive and like expresses what it was like living with all those different family members and what their losses were like and kind of the beauty of raising a family for that much time and sort of thing. Nice. And how it, like, is deeply moving. And uh, they're just like, it's too beautiful. And Lestat, like, a tear, a bloody tear rolls down his cheek. <laughs> and that's how, when he starts doubting if he's on the right side. Get that little Castlevania reference in there. Oh, well, Maharet was actually crying blood when Jesse was being sent away. Oh, so it's canon. There we go. It's canon. All right. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I feel I, like the uh, the concert is a better final scene anyways for the mm -hmm. movie. Yeah. yeah. It makes more sense. And I think it's also really, I think what you're saying is really beautiful because uh, I think like Lestat's, you know, kind of uh, uh, restlessness comes largely from the fact that he has completely removed himself from human human existence. And so he's so bored but he probably looks at Maharet and is like, oh, that looks like really painful. And she's like, yeah, but it's worth it because it 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 gives me meaning. It gives me like purpose and value. And, you know, and through like watching her talk about, you know, those things, he's like, oh, you know, like I'm not lonely as much as I am meaningless. Like my life feels meaningless and it's not that I need someone to spend eternity with. It's that I need something to care about um, because I don't think he cares about anything because everything that he could care about, he feels like would just, you know, he would either kill the person, kill the people he meets or like, you know, there's only so many so much fiddles you can play. <laughs> yeah. I keep telling people that, but they don't listen. Yeah. That's a good that. saying. Yeah, I love that. I think that gives his character so much more depth. Yeah. Are we giving him too much depth? <laughs> no, I think we should. I think no, no. we should. Is this too deep? <laughs> he could suddenly have a, a turn in the at the end and people are kind of like, oh, maybe, he's, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think it would be really cool if... While we're following Maharet throughout the film, she is put into situations where she has to remember a lesson she learned from raising and keeping in touch with, you know, her descendants over a, the course of time. A real slumdog vampire? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jamie, we're on the same page tonight. You're getting, you're like reading my mind. Yeah. And so she's remembering these previous family members she's lived nice. with. And then she interacts with spirits, right? So yeah. maybe while she's like playing the violin at the end, which is like another reason why Lestat would be so moved by her performance, because right. that's his instrument as well. And she could be moving like her genres through the periods that she lived in. And then when she's playing it, one of her spiritual descendants could appear and play like a duet on an <laughs> instrument that was popular at the time. Nice. I like that. Ghost That's duet. Awesome. Yeah, they like come out and join her and play with her. And then as she like transitions to the next time period, it's somebody else with different instruments. That's really mm -hmm. fucking cool. And so they're yeah. the rest of her band, and they actually come out during her performances. Yeah, it's yeah. just <laughs> stepping out of the eternal myths of time with, like, sweet, like, I mean, it could be like, I mean, think about it. Like, she's supposed to be this, this like, this progenitor of entire lines of people. You could have Jimi Hendrix could be one of her uh, <laughs> her descendants who who yeah. comes out of this time. That'd be so sick. Just whipping out the big guns. Bach came out of her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like maybe she's got this whole line of musical talent that ties back to the whole theme of the story, which is supposed to be about Lestat being a musician. Right. Mm -hmm. Because that doesn't really, like, that always feels very kind of disconnected and just, like, a kind of a cash-in yeah. in the movie. Like, oh, rock and roll. Like, he's just a rock star because, I mean, it, it makes sense on the one hand, like, vampire rock star. Okay, mm -hmm. sure. But it doesn't tie back necessarily. I guess it does with the whole fame theme that we talked about last week. But we're building yeah. it up, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that scene could fit so well for why Lestat would have a sudden change of character like that, right? Yeah. He sees it through the music. Yeah, we've been showing that he's lonely. He's tortured, yeah. comically so, <laughs> right? <laughs> and he wants to be with the queen of the dam, the queen, right? Queen. Queenie. Because yeah. she wants him and he wants to be wanted. But she killed... Ankiel or whatever his name is. You got it. Yeah, she killed him. And it kind of, while he's watching this beautiful performance, he's kind of realizing, you know, she, when she gets done with me, she's going to discard me like that guy. And I'm seeing from Maharet that, like, these bonds can last after death. Like, her family members mm -hmm. that she loved are still with her. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And through music, you can connect and still relive those experiences. And so he's like, you know, maybe I should go about, you know, connecting to others a different way. And I love that. like he remembers in that moment, the girl on the beach who played the yeah. violin. Yeah. That's when we see that flashback. Nice. And, you know, it would tie in so well. That's when the tear happens and I he think... decides to switch sides. He yeah. unplugs his guitar or his <laughs> microphone. And he just, like, throws the concert. <laughs> I think also, so, um, the vampire who turned him into a vampire is named Marcus, right? Mar Marius. Mar Mar Marius? Or Marius. Marius. Marcus. Marius. Marius. I like Marcus. Whatever. <laughs> I think Marcus is Marius. the name of them, one of the ones from, like, the other vampire movie with pleather. Um, <laughs> Underworld? Yeah, I think his name I thought, is Marcus. I think his name was Marius, too. No, Marcus. It's Marcus. Oh, Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> um, They're so the same. <laughs> I'm surprised we didn't cross over, like, uh, Queen of the Damned with um, the Scorpion King and <laughs> oh Underworld. We kind of did. The Queen and <laughs> the King. That would have been perfect. Damn it, True. we missed the opportunity. <laughs> No, but I don't, I feel like she would fuck The Rock up, and I don't want The Rock to be fucked up. I really love the narrative that we created for them that, you know, he and the other guy just braid each other's hair. And yeah, you're right. That. that was amazing. We already came up with the perfect spinoff for that. Yeah. So. yeah. But what I, what I was going to say, though, is Lestat also is kind of shitty because his teacher didn't really teach him how to connect to humans. So this is 
partly Lestat's fault for being a little twerp, but it's also largely Marius's fault for teaching him basically, like, you can have no connection. You are just a monster. There's nothing that you can do about this. Um, whereas yeah. uh, Maharet really shows that that's not true. And so I think incorporating also into this movie that juxtaposition of, like, different teachers produce different children. And... You know, Maharet has like a lineage that is able to coexist with humans and is able to care for and cooperate, whereas Marius is, uh, you know, kind of always at odds with humans and is convinced that his whole identity must be to like attack or kill or be a monster. And so that's the way Lestat thinks he has to be. But when he learns from Maharet that he doesn't have to do that, that there is a way to to, you know, give your life meaning and, and live without loneliness and live without fear that it's through caring about humans and, and being more integrated in the living world, then I think that's when he transforms. But I think having that initial juxtaposition with Marius is really fundamental as well. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think that that builds off the themes of loneliness and everything a lot better. Definitely. All right. I I, I think I've got something good. After the final battle... Things have kind of settled down. Lestat goes to Maharet and is like, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry about everything I've done. I wanna I wanna see the world the way you do. Will you teach me how to be a better like vamp? And then he cuts himself off and he's like, person, right? Yes! And then and then she's like, Yeah, dude, totally. And so they're kind of <laughs> bonding a little bit. Yeah. And then she's like, Well, first let me introduce you to, like, my kind of current daughter, right? And then uh, she brings him to meet Jesse. And this is where they cool, meet. And yeah. she's like, this is Jesse. And then he's about to introduce himself, like, I'm the vampire Lestat. And she cuts him off and she's like, Lestat, I know. Sorry, I read your diary. I'm part of the, <laughs> I'm part of the vampire hunters. And that just cuts to them, like, smiling at each other. And it's like a meet cute. <laughs> and it starts playing, like, New Rock or whatever, just to kind of, like, make it a rom-com moment. I love how the meet-cute happens at the end of the fucking story. Yeah. 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 It doesn't even have to really be a thing. Well, because her character was so pointless. Yeah. yeah um, no, I mean, I, it's such a bad romance in the original movie. I love that we kind of hang a lampshade on it by having it happen and be like, but yeah. that's a story for another movie. Yeah. 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 Her character was so pointless to the plot and it really just felt like bad fanfic. Like with the whole, I like a vampire. And then I read his diary and then I went to his concert and he's a big rock star, but he thought I was the hottest girl there. So he brought me back to his house and then he turned me into a vampire after there was a big battle. And I'm just like, yeah. oh my God. You know? Like, <laughs> oh, the so <laughs> You are so right. Yeah. I think it's much better at the end. Yeah. Like, yeah. just either you put yeah. it in a sequel, which yeah. is, like, not an action movie, or you just kind of leave it up to the imagination, because they're just going to fall in love, I you know? Think, <laughs> I think it was, your idea was great, Jack. I think it's golden. Just, like, have this, like, let me introduce you to my daughter, and then it, you just kind of leave it open-ended. Don't even, don't even 100% make it clear that they're going to, like date or anything i like the idea of like just this there's potential there there's a world of potential he's being reintroduced to human beings like that's so interesting yeah and like maharet's introducing them to kind of give lestat this lifeline like he can befriend mm -hmm. people yeah and so like that's what they're kind of setting up there and establishing i like that and, better too and i think also by her introducing her own family, she's also saying, like, you know, this person means a lot to me, so, like, I have higher expectations for you to not murder them. Yeah, she's <laughs> yeah. showing a lot of trust. Yeah. yeah. She's showing a lot of trust, and she's showing a lot of, like, um, I guess, like, optimism that he is going to respect, you know, boundaries and respect, um, respect that he won't kill i don't know whatever 
I lost it. No, I, mm. no, you're you're going in a great direction. You're making me think like this could lead up to another movie where he gets a redemption arc and you actually get to show what a struggle that is. And, yeah. and not just like hand it to him or like kill him yeah. off so he doesn't actually have to go through the difficult work of going through this redemption arc. Still mad about Star Wars, huh? Yes. <laughs> I would so. <laughs> I was thinking. Dying at the end of the movie, wow. also known as the easy way out. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be so cool if there was a second movie. Right. This is kind of a tangent. But if. He's trying to, like, bond with Jesse, and she's like, oh, take me where you like to go. And he's like, oh, I don't know, it's kind of dangerous. And she's like, you know, as long as you're there, I, I think I'll be fine. And he takes her to the vampire bar. She's kind of looking around like, what is this place? And he's, this place he's always loved going to, he's just kind of, like, having this sinking feeling as he's looking around and seeing all these people as, like, people suddenly, instead of yeah. just, like, cattle. He's, like, like, she's, like, are these their victims? And then the word victims kind of hits him hard, and he's, like, you know, maybe this place isn't as good as it used to be. You know, it's, like, you, you know, he still has to drink people to survive, but it, you know, he's learning to like people, so. yeah. A lot of the, uh, I think it would be cool to see him confronting his old life a lot and being like, that wasn't great. Yeah. And that I wasn't think, as good as I thought. I think yeah. it would also be interesting at that point to then bring Marius back. And Marius is kind of like not learned this lesson. Marius is still of the yeah. mindset that vampires are are villains. And so he kind of teases him and maybe like... Uh, struggles to um, be comfortable with Lestat's newfound appreciation for life. And it you can tell that it's actually partly his... It, uh, Marius picking on Lestat, you can tell, is kind of partly also envy. It's, you know, he's picking on him because he's envious that that Lestat has managed to find a way to coexist with humans and not be self-loathing and not live in hatred of everything that he does and who he is. I was going to say, this sets up a great conflict, like potential antagonist for a follow-up yeah. where Marius is actually actively trying to undermine Lestat's changes and like tempting him with his vampiric nature because mm -hmm. Marius can't himself get over it because that's the lesson he taught Lestat that is what he believes a vampire is and this can be an allegory for any buddy who's struggling to change could also be an allegory for you know those who struggle with addiction issues and like how like their old friends might pull them back in absolutely like well I was also thinking too though uh is uh is that because a lot of times people believe that Anne Rice's novels relate pretty heavily to the struggle of, like, gay people and how they're, right. like, you know, in the closet, in the coffin or whatever. Um, <laughs> I mean, I know, I know that's also, like, a True Blood thing. They did that in True Blood. They would say, oh, I'm still in the coffin or whatever. To imply <laughs> yeah. that they haven't, oh, like, come out as a vampire. Um, right. But, that's great. But um, I think also the fact that, like, Marius is... Um, you know, kind of still in this, like, he has a lot of self-loathing for who he is. He knows who he right. is, but he has self-loathing for who he is. He sees himself as a monster. He doesn't believe he can ever find love. He doesn't think that anyone will ever be able to love him. And then he sees Lestat is actually able to find love, and Lestat is also able to coexist without, you know, like, being a monster, and he's mad because he wants that, but he also, you know, has so much envy and he's built up his whole worldview around this isn't possible that he just he just wants to ruin it for Lestat because he's like, you know, there's no way that you can have this. There's just no way, you know, it would invalidate the the agony that I've gone through for hundreds of years, believing that that there's no way that this is possible. Yeah, I like that. It is this kind of thing that I see a lot of times in 
my interactions with some people who seem to want to act like if they had a tough time, that means everybody else should kind of like not worry about their own problems because clearly my problems were so much worse than every, like like it's a contest all the time. Oh, it's, it's like, like a competitive nature. Marius can be this like really competitive. I suffered so bad, so I have to make everyone else suffer. Whereas Lestat becomes this champion of, I have seen that you can change and yeah. li- and move beyond trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I call that the hazing mentality. I don't know if that's, I came up with that term, but I don't know if it actually has a real term. But I always I mean, call it the hazing mentality, and it's it. something you see a lot with just any people about anything but specifically i remember when i came up with it it was around conservatives and how there are a lot of like conservative women especially who have this mindset of like men are just gross and we just put up with it and i had to deal with it so like you should have to deal with it because why should we change anything and the biggest reason why they're like that isn't because they genuinely want everybody to suffer it's because if you tell them we can change it and make it better, it means that they didn't have to go through what they went through. And it invalidates yeah. a lot of their pain. And they can't bear the idea that someone else maybe doesn't have to deal with it. And therefore, they didn't have to deal with it. And what happened to them was really shitty, but it shouldn't have happened in the first place. And I think that's so hard for them to grasp that they can't, like, you know, they can't let anyone else live a life without suffering because then it would mean that they actually didn't need to suffer in the first place. I see the same thing a lot with student loan debt. People who yeah. oppose people who oppose like tuition for everyone say, Well, I paid off my student loan, so fuck you. It's like it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. That would just be such a cool lesson for Lestat to learn in the second movie. Just that like my own suffering can be used to make it so someone else doesn't have to down the line. That's usually and how I kind of live my life. <laughs> That's the yeah, exactly. It's a good way to do it. But yeah, Marius doesn't get that. Yeah. I think it would be so cool if outside that vampire bar, Marius is there and like runs into Lestat and Jesse. And it's just like, oh, you're gone soft, Lestat. You're hanging out with your food. You're playing with your food. <laughs> Stuff like that. Marius, like, like, clearly set up to, like, be there. It's like, oh, I didn't expect to see you here. Yeah, and he's, (laughs) like, joking around about how, like, he's, what, is he gonna start, like, fasting or starving himself, all that sort of thing? He's like, you gotta eat eventually. And, uh, like, if if you're not gonna eat or, you know, maybe pass her on to someone who will. And he, like, makes a joke about that, and then suddenly Lestat just, like, gives him, like, a real hard look. Like, a real, like, you just fucked up, don't you do... And they're both just kind of, like, staring at each other quietly, like, in a tense moment, waiting to see if someone is going to do something, before they just kind of, like, back into diff- like back away into the shadows. Marius just, like, walks backwards until he disappears. Yes! I love I love the way they use that aesthetic in the movie, so, we, yeah, recreating yeah. that would be good. So there's, like, a joke that's a threat, and then he just, like, backs away and vanishes. <laughs> and then you're just like, fuck. Yeah. Um, I also see this going in a direction where, at the end, after they've struggled, he's kind of... I think that he should make Lestat falter and kind of fuck up a bit before Lestat realizes, like, no, I don't want to go back down this path again. And he re-ups on his convictions of, of like, changing himself and, and going on this better path. And then he can really view Marius with new eyes and Marius's power is kind of over him is kind of broken at that point. And he mm-hmm. can see Marius as like this kind of pitiable creature. Mm-hmm. I think that's also a really great idea because, you know, it's kind of playing into the idea with um with addiction, like you said earlier, where sometimes people mess up and yeah. it's OK. You can make mistakes and so there's maybe a point where Lestat, like, messes up, and it might not be even necessarily due to Marius's goading, but um, he might mess up and, like, attack someone in a really vicious way, and he's like, oh my god, I am a monster, I am a monster, 
You know, like yeah. I, I am terrible. Marius was right. You know, this is this is all that I am. And maybe he like really lives with this guilt. And then, you know, he through some way or another, uh, like, you know, really learns like sometimes you make mistakes, like you're not going to be infallible on the first try. It takes a while to work at being the person you want to be. Right. I like that. Definitely. And I think it would just be so cool. I'm not imagining that Lestat and Jesse are in a relationship yet. I'm just imagining they're learning to get close to each other. But uh, we saw in the first movie that Lestat would lure in like two young women at a time and kill them for food. Yeah. And so I think it would be interesting if in the second movie he's out with some young woman and he like lures her back to his place and he kills her and he eats her, right? And then still a vampire. He's still a vampire, you got to do it. And he's just he looks at her afterwards and he just like sees something in her that kind of reminds him of Jesse, but it's too late. She's already dead and he just kind of has this like oh fuck what what have I done moment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where it's really hitting him hard. And he thought he was so cool that he was still able to do this sort of thing and live in this rock star life. And then he's, and then he like has this moment where, you know, he's having trouble doing that because he relates to people now and he sees similarities between different individuals. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be cool if if he cried after that and then Maharet comes and gives him a hug. And then uh, we all fall sometimes. Yeah, Yeah, Maharet has to be there for him. I feel like we've like overly, overly uh, sweetened this storyline. We're just like, and then everybody gives each other hugs. This is so our style. (laughs) Well, we've kind of it's gotta happen. This is so our style. (laughs) Yeah, we've gone into like the second movie now, so I think maybe we should. Give the first one a title or something. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I think we've kind of done a two for one now. So I I think we've we've kind of built the skeleton or the vampire skeleton, which is just a skeleton with sharp canines (laughs) of this movie. I Um, like it. And I mean, it's already, I mean, we have the title, it's the Queen of the Damned, right? But we need a tagline to go along with our new storyline. Okay. I had another title, though. Well, I don't think, I don't know if we can change, I mean, sure, let's hear it. (laughs) Ancient Queens, colon, the goddesses of rock and roll. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like it. I don't know if it, if, if it really falls in line, in line with what we came up with, but it's a cool name. Yeah. Well, I mean, like. Is it, it it was more of a title for the first movie that we came up with. We kind of made up two movies. <laughs> so it's like Queen of the Damned One, Ancient Queens, Colon <laughs> <laughs> Goddess of the Rock and Roll, and then I mean I guess our oh, no, new wait. Queen of the Damned doesn't even have the Queen of the Damned in it so no. much. Yeah. Well Maharet can become Queen of the Damned. Well she she does still... at the end of the the movie, at least in the first one, but then yeah, she also so turns she... into stone. <laughs> yeah, I don't know right. if we have her turn into stone in this one. Yeah, I don't right, think so. Right. Doesn't sound like it. No. Well, we could have her sister save the day that way because in the book, it's her sister, Makare, who kills uh, Akasha, eats her heart and brain, and becomes the new queen of the damned. <laughs> like you do. Oh, wow. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> But so we need a tagline for okay. our rewrite. That's so it's like gonna the big be, one. It's still going to be the Queen of the Damned then. Okay. I, I still think we should do Queen of the Damned, maybe colon goddesses of rock and roll. <laughs> I like it. It's like the longest title of all time. I love it. Some of ours have been pretty long like that. <laughs> and then what are you thinking the for the, the what are you thinking for the second movie? Queen of the Damned. And then, you know, like, it's like the Resident Evil movies or something. It's like using the same name and then it, like, has a different, like, subtitle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Trapped in the Coffin. <laughs> yeah. Because Marius is basically stuck in this, like, old mentality of what it means to be a vampire. So he's kind of, like, trapped in the coffin. 
I love it. I like that. Yeah. That's it. That's a thing now. So we're gonna have two movie posters for the post this week. Then. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So do we need one tagline, or do we need? I think two? we just one tagline. I mean, I don't. know. I think we can just come up with one. Let's wait. Maybe if we have a few ideas, we can use uh, them for each one. Queen of the Damned Two, Marius colon a bite from behind. <laughs> <laughs> You can only bite somebody from behind if you know them intimately. It's yeah. an important rule. It's like hugging from behind. It's very taboo if you don't yeah. know them well. I was True. just imagining like a blast from the past, but a vampire version. <laughs> a bite from behind. Oh, I can see it. My earbuds are yelling at me, telling me battery low. And I'm like, I just fucking charged you and you said battery high. What happened? Jeez. Yeah, I know. Time. That is not good. Time, yeah, but very fast time. Yeah. Um. Maybe it's the asteroid that's plummeting towards Earth right now. Uh, Hell yeah. No. Wait, huh? <laughs> what? It's a thing. <laughs> no! What? You were fucking with me. No, they've been talking about this for months, that there was going to be an asteroid, like, passing super close to Earth the day before the election. No. Oh my God. Yes. What Super close means like a million miles away, by sure. the way. I love that we're recording this podcast episode right as this asteroid is going by. Just don't go outside, guys. Guys, don't. my favorite movie, Coherent, it's happening tonight. Yes, that's the alien invasion we were talking so, about. At like the beginning. Chelsea and I are going to see something outside and we're going to go out and look for it and we're going to come back in. I don't want to spoil the movie for anybody who hasn't seen it, but things will get weird then. Yeah. We'll constantly be, like, leaving the stream and coming back, <laughs> but that's if you, uh, part of the plot. Right. Yes. I was going to say, according to this article from eight hours ago, uh, the Election Day asteroid didn't smack us. Darn. So we're unfortunately okay. I had high hopes, too. <laughs> what were you saying, Jack? Oh, it was to the coherence thing. If you hear me crying for help outside, it's a trick. Don't fall for it. Right. I know. I know I'd do it. <laughs> so I want to. That's how I'd trick me. I want to yeah. see if there's a tagline for. Yes, there's a great tagline for Queen of the Damned. Do you Do you guys want to try to guess what it is? It's pretty great. Two fangs up. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's I like that. Oh, that's so good. Jack, do you have a guess? I really have no clue. Do you want to know what it is? Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> the mother of all vampires. Ah. Uh, oh. Okay. I mean, that's, that's, that, I mean, we could call ours, like, mommy issues. <laughs> uh, yeah no the tagline is just you thought you had mommy issues yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, i i want to lean into the mother angle i feel like that's so important right yeah honestly the mother of all vampires is pretty fucking good but we gotta we gotta do our own so she birthed the great family and what Was maybe that's it and what <laughs> no <laughs> Ooh, ours could be like mother of mortals if it's about yeah, Maharet. That's what I was gonna Ooh. say. Is like Maharet is is not the mother of vampires. She's the mother of mortals. So I think that's not bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then, yeah. One's the mother of vampires, and the other's the mother of mortals. <laughs> mother of mortals, queen of rock. <laughs> I just keep wanting to bring it back to the music. <laughs> I mean, you're doing a better job than the writer of this movie did. I love. I think we should go with that. Yeah. Mother of Mortals, Queen of Rock. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. kind of like diminishes the role of Akasha in the movie. I mean, Akasha's weirdly not that important. Like, yeah, she's almost like a. M MacGuffin or something. Maybe MacGuffin's the wrong word, but she's kind of just like a plot device. Yeah. Like, You're not wrong. She's the equivalent to a nuclear bomb in the movie. <laughs> and like, Literally. one guy is like, I want to just 
hit the nuclear bomb because I want this. And another person's like, don't do it. Humans are worth caring about. So, like, she's not as much of a person as she is, like, a weapon of mass destruction. Oh, that's it. That's our tagline. One queen wants to kill us. One queen wants to save us. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah. In this year's Odd Couple movie of the year, <laughs> see two zany monstrosities going. <laughs> I like just a simple one for the second movie is change was harder than he bargained for. <laughs> yes, yes. Perfect. Didless stat bite into more than he can chew. Oh, yeah. that's, yeah, I like that. Stuck so in we've the got... coffin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think we've got it, guys. I think we kind of knocked it out of the park with this one. Yeah. We better get Anne Rice on the phone so we can get the uh, license for this rewrite uh, approved and get to work. I love it. Well, on that note, we'd like to thank you all for joining us for this Swords and Satire mini episode. Be sure to follow us on social media at Swords and Satire. We also want to say thank you to our special guest, Casey, for joining us two weeks in a row. Woo! Yeah! Double dose! We, <laughs> we, have, we had a great time talking with you. Uh, all right. And until next time, keep telling your stories. <laughs>